roll one. <laughs> These empty seats are pretty awesome. I needed a rolling chair. Mm -hmm. I need some lean. Mike had to come in for a second. Hi, Mike. Mike. What is this? Your glass? Oh, I needed those, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. Thank you. Are, are, are those yours? Yep. You got. You bought the same ones I have. Costco specials. You got a pair on well, right now? You have a different pair now. I, yeah, I, I have a pair on. Yeah, I can't see without them. I know. You know what's awesome about life? I have this thing called a laptop. I can actually walk around and look for shit. How you doing, Layton? I'm doing well, brother. I miss you. I haven't seen you since the, the grow-up. I know. I've been thinking about you a lot. Like, pretty much all the time. Going, hmm. Establishing this uh, whole thing we've been talking about, right? It's really... Right. Of putting that dream team green team together to help with education and growth around the world so important like and finding glasses so you can see things too <laughs> i really have like five pair though right because i'm well, the guy that the John, there's these ones here. pardon me these ones here. oh where those ones come from they're the mike yeah, those weren't mike's glasses so oh, what happened are we still here? There you go. Shit, I can see. Check it out. Hey, there you are. How you been, brother? <laughs> I've been good, buddy. But no complaints, man. No it's complaints. Crazy. Well, you know what? We're complaining, people don't listen, so that's okay. No. The way we always say, right? Exactly. No, I've been... Uh, I did the Living Soils last year, and I did a few different runs. I had a very good results. I'm on the like the the new six month cure cannabis. Cause I'm curious because most of the weed we get from the legal system is always at least six months old. Gotcha. That's how long it takes to get some market, right? So, so did you do uh, horizontal bed or just Living Soil? I did the Living Soil. I did the rise, and I, I added. Um, to when I did my, my peats and stuff like that. So I'm going to add that next. So these are just the new soil. I mean, the new. And I'm just using the, right now, I'm using the Guy Green Organics because I'm being lazy. I'm going to be honest. Oh, all right. Nothing wrong right. with that. Being lazy. And I know I got to create the soils and stuff. For someone who's, best way of saying it. I'm so looking at. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, where do you want to start, bro? Well, I'm doing the living. I'm doing the garden upstairs. I'm doing like a four by four garden, right? We should just okay. actually go upstairs. I think you know, and take a look at what I've done. I've created a a little living soil grow bed, four by four. It's a wick system. So I just add like 15 gallons of water. I went away to Africa for a couple of weeks. Came back 14 days later. It was still fine. So that was like a first in my life. To go away more than nine days because that never happens in gardening. That's the first week of flower. You know what? You know what? You flip, you go away. <laughs> That's brave. <laughs> you know? So I took in the chance. I went away and I was like, this really works. And the cannabis came back fantastic. I got it sitting in some jars. I got some still carrying in a box. I had a box deck. So now I'm at a point where I didn't grow in those soils since um, the last four months and they've dried up. What, what's my next step? So you're having what's called uh, hydrophobic surface, correct? Yeah. So when you pour water on it, it runs right across and down the sides. 
You know what I love about this, even though I'm watching it, listening to you, if I don't take notes, it doesn't retain. Uh, let me come to that. And I hope everybody here is taking notes because that's what we do, right? That's how you take information in. It's how I do everything. Because uh, if you don't write it down, it doesn't stick. So most important for me is really looking at, and I've been talking about this for a long time, and I love it, it came from a guy, Brett. It's really rejuvenating these soils upstairs and what I got going on. So I'm uh, taking notes because today is the third, isn't it? January 4th. Wow. 4th, I think. Can yeah, you yeah. believe already? Time don't stop, bro. Just keeps fucking rolling. So I probably know a lot of this. So, I mean, what we're looking at right now is because we're talking about the soil and what matters within it. Um, using the organic soil, living soil, you know about them. So the number one reason why these uh, soilless mediums or low-tension soils uh, go hydrophobic is because they're low-tension. So by low-tension, I mean um, the water doesn't wick um, through, you know, traditional... Uh, oh, the force is slipping me. Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Basically, uh, typically in a, in, a, in a soil system, as the surface dries out through osmotic pressure, osmotic pressure, that's what happens. The liquid pulls to the surface um, as it dries out. In a low-tension um, environment like a super soil or soils medium, you don't have that tension. So the water can't migrate back up to the surface. That's why you have to constantly water. Now, I like what you did. You created a sip. So basically, you just put the water in the bottom, and enough of it came to the surface to prevent the plants from dying. But I'm sure it still was pretty dry to the touch. It was really dry to touch. I really realized that the top layer was really dry. I, I just put some hay on top. I didn't create a really good um ecosystem for it to begin with i did something quick and half ass i was going to see if this is going to work okay wow okay so this worked really well i'm surprised i'm like okay this is going to be a good little system now it's me understanding what i need to do to keep this going for the next hundred years because uh, that's what i'm saying you know how am i so build cannabis cucumbers peppers and tomatoes on the hundredth floor in a hundred years that's being self-sufficient that's really the true goal um, that way I can, you know, grow my cannabis once a year in the fall because it grows really well in the fall. I really like my Christmas kush. And then the spring I can grow whatever I want in this little four by four area if I'm living in a super tower somewhere in space. I don't know where I'm living right now. So, but we don't soils. <laughs> so then the next phase is you have a couple choices. You could use an organic surfactant um, to mist the surface to help stick the water, um, coat, the, coat the material with um, an aqueous layer, which is what a surfactant does. Um, that will help to rehydrate the bacteria that have gone into cyst form. And by insist, I mean basically uh, a bacteria, and there's a lot of other ones that can do the same thing, a lot of different biological constituents. They just basically... Uh, they, they go into a suspended animation. They create an outer shell. Uh, it's, it's basically waxed. 
And that wax is what's preventing the water from getting into the material that they're colonized on. So the bacteria are, have a couple of good strategies. Um, one of them, or evolutionary strategies, one of them is this ability to cyst. Um, when they are in the cyst form, they are still present, but they only uh, acknowledge which is a form of communication. So when, when, the, when the environment is right, um, they receive chemical signals from other organisms nearby that basically say, hey, wake up, it's party time. Uh, every other environment is exactly the way we want it. And so that's, a, that's an amazing evolutionary strategy. Now, some of the other things that they can do too is, is change the pH or the acidity uh, of the outer shell um, to then mine different materials because let's face it, pH locks up different things and makes them not biologically available. So by able, being able to change the pH uh, to an acid or an alkaline um, in their outer shell wall um, really gives them an advantage um, over you know a lot of organisms like us, we can't we can't do that. I mean, yeah, we can put a jacket on or uh, you know snow pants on if we're really cold. At some point, if you don't generate enough heat within yourself uh, through ex exercise in a very cold environment, you're going to yes. freeze. And um, and even then, if you're exercising a lot, you're burning calories. So that means you need food, more food. So again, that's why I would say that, you know, bacteria have this superpower of being able to not only suspend themselves in, in time and space, um, but also have the ability to um, use their, their own internal uh, chemistry as, as a, a method to um, changing environments. So even if the environment changes, they can evolve with it. I'm pretty... And then pretty, there's, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'm pretty surprised. I just put my hand in here after like three months and there's still a bit of moisture in the bottom of the soil. Uh, did you dig down? Yeah, I went right to the bottom. Okay. Um, so, yeah, down, that, that's always another problem with, with these uh, low Just a tiny bit. See, just a tiny bit, a little bit of moisture there. You can still see the stark. All right. So, yep. I got a little bit of moisture inside and that's been there for, for months. So, I, I'm just curious on. And as you can see, it's only like half full, three quarters full. And these are like the little system we got here. Yep. And that's put the water in for the wick system. It's through uh, Life Space Critical System. It works really well. So that was going to be a few different things I was wondering about. Was A for one, the moisture. A, B for two, how often do I go? If I'm only going to grow on this, say, twice a year, can I dry it out and rehydrate it? Uh, is there still moisture? What, what What's all of these things right now that I'm looking at. Can I cause damage? Is there damage being caused when it's just nothing growing in there and there's moisture in there? Yeah. For indoors. So, so I would say that um, if you want to maintain a high level of productivity, then you should at least cover crop. Exactly. Cover crop is going to be the next big one. And what I did last time was I just took all the leaf from the crop and I just put it right on the soil. Uh-huh. As I was trimming, it's all gone now. It's all kind of gone back into the soil. Of course, it's all dried up and gone to dust. Yeah, yeah. It's it was consumed by the biology, but now the biology is, is mostly in an cyst form. And that's the other thing about like 
when you get into predators. So predators are the real value, the, the nutrient cycling system. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is the predators eat the bacteria, um, they grab the carbon, and then they release the nitrogen and all the other nutrients that they've stored up in their pantry to do all those magic tricks I was talking about, which is changing pH, hardening and softening the outer shell wall and the inner shell wall. One piece I didn't get into was horizontal gene transfer. So imagine if I took you and, and I picked you out of where you were, dropped you in uh, Burning Man, right? Burning Man is a desert, which turned into a mud bog this year. So two very, very extreme conditions. And I didn't give you anything to survive. You know, you, you, you wouldn't do well. But if you had horizontal gene transfer and you could go up to someone and, and instantly make friends and trade goods or services or abilities to do things. So what a horizontal gene transfer does is it allows the organism that just landed there. So like an example, a hawks or uh, osprey dives into the water, grabs a fish and flies back to its nest. Now what's dripping off of it? Well, there's a lot of biology in the water. There's a lot of biology in this on the skin of the fish. Yep. And so now it's going to insist and then it's going to land in a new environment, but it's not used to that environment. So how does it, how does it transition into that new environment? That's where this horizontal beam transfer comes into play. Now, now it trades with somebody there that it met and says, hey, I can do all these cool things. What can you do? And they say, oh, well, I can do these cool things in my environment. Well, let, I'll trade you some of my stuff for some of your stuff. And then I'll be able to support myself and survive in this brand new environment. It's like doing an ecosystem merger, working with one another and you can work within a different ecosystem. I like that as you're saying that. It's the best way of saying it, the merging into a different ecosystem. You know what's really cool, John? Uh, I was reading an article just recently about pregnancy. Um, for instance, a dog can get pregnant by multiple dogs and have different puppies crosses right so a dog goes into heat a dog mates that and then leaves and another dog mates it and leaves now both of those sperm are in the womb of the of the female dog and some of the sperm will be accepted by some of the eggs and and others other eggs right so we know that for a fact but just recently scientists discovered that it's not the fastest sperm to the egg. It's not. That was always what we believed and were taught was the strongest fastest sperm to get to the egg is the one that's going to get the egg pregnant. It's not that, dude. The egg chooses which one of the sperms it wants. And it sends a signal and basically opens a space for that sperm to get in there. Mm, makes sense. It's kind of like trying to find someone in, in, in relationship so many people only open up and you're going to find that one. So it's, um, it's cool to, to, to actually, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's essentially an evolutionary strategy ah. to not take the easiest, quickest one, but perhaps take the time to select of all of the different ones. And again, you'd think that the male sperm was all the same, right? No, it's not because the same male and the same female have many different looking people with different personalities as children. I mean, I, I saw that with my own children. They were all three completely individual. 
There were very few traces between the two of them, for three of them. So, and you would say that they all have different archetypes. They all have different disc models. One's more dominant, one's more steady, one's more influence, and one's more calm. Like we yeah. all have different. Yeah, I know it's 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 like everything in evolution. We're all different. Everything is different, and we all adapt and merge to already grow and add more value to the system. Exactly, and or transition the system or push the evolutionary succession of the system. Biologically, we, we, we don't have control over this. We think we do, but we don't. This is, this is you know, universe, God, whatever you want to believe in. This is, this, is, this is a map that we get to be involved with at a certain point. I always say we're pre-programmed where we are in existence of humanity. And we're just given this time right now to evolve and this we got to feed back into that information of the universe, right? So another, uh, all right, before I get to the glass of water, uh, another interesting thing is, um, did you ever hear about the spark of life? Like it's written in the scriptures. It's, it's talked about in pretty much all the religions that there's this thing called the spark of life. And recently uh, through some pretty crazy new technologies, they were actually able to uh, in situ watch a sperm enter an egg. And as soon as the sperm got into the egg, there was a lot of light. It's that energy, right? So there's that's that's that that's that sun, that's that energy, that's that spark. And that's where things actually give true essence of life is the energy that is formed and that is the light that we talk about. I appreciate you, brother. You know what? I always love talking with you. And when we get deep like this, then we actually can actually you know, I get the smile on my face because I love hearing that. You know what I mean? It's it's really getting into we are light, we are one, we are energy. And we are biology, so it's it's understanding these key points of where we are and what we do about it, which is so, can keep growing. <laughs> right. So each individual cell has a measurable amount of energy within it. It's it's a nano, you know, it's measured on a nanoscale. But if you take into consideration the three plus trillion cells in your body, you are actually a freaking battery, dude. Matrix was right. You're, you're a generator. Walking around like crazy. We are salt and water, and the world is 83% water. So we take a look at us flowing who we are. We are just energy. This We are flow. We are right. Literally. Life. Literally. Because the water is a great conductor. Exactly. Right? So, so what in, theory, like, <laughs> yeah, it, in theory, if I came up and I hugged you, that would be an energy transfer. And this, this is where it gets crazy. So you deal with a lot of what I call energy vampires in your life. People that are just sucking your energy. They, 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 they see, they feel that you are you know, on, vibrating on another level. And they're, they're not vibrating on that level. They're you know, small-spirited. There's a lot of different words, perhaps narcissistic, whatever. Bottom line, though, is that that's what they're after is your energy. They want to suck your energy so they raise their vibration and lower yours so they either have control over you or they've re-nourished the energy that they've lost in their own world. 
So it gets, it gets really deep. And then you go back to what we talked about as the spark of life and it all makes sense. Energy cannot be created. Energy cannot be destroyed. And we are all energetic beings. And, you know, I, I, I'm sure you've seen the, the, the uh, documentary on death where uh, this gentleman basically um, had people pass away on, a, on an atomic scale. So it measures to, to within an accuracy that's barely comprehensible. But when they pass, the weight goes down just a little bit. And that's the energy being released back into the universe. And so, explaining how the universe have works and the energy field that we surround ourselves with, you really start relaying. You connect on a on a on an energetic level around the world. You don't need what we have, but we've been able to tap into the energy, which is what we're talking through right now, which is energy and flow. Mm -hmm. Everything is that energy. Now we can actually. People are getting too like freaking out on here, saying how deep we can go. I mean, the stuff thing is, you know, elevating coming out of body. And we're looking at, um, oh, I can't think of the name of it right now. I just forgot it. I was just gonna say it, I forgot. It has to do with the effect of where we are in the universe and we're in an informational time flow. And and our information is what we come back into the universe and what comes back in the universe, what comes back out of the universe. And what they say the universe, God, the light, the sun of God, the sun that the light that created earth and where we are in existence is just this magical way of being able to really know that. Well, like I said, I went through some ancestral healings. There's 497 ancestral blood archetype. I mean, name in your blood so your, your your thoughts are not your own they're they're becoming through you through time through history and where you are in existence right now is still feeding into that informational uh universe of um flow so we're here to learn and to evolve and to grow and to actually feed into that universe which is what we learn through every day and where we're going into existence today is pretty amazing how fast we're moving with technology anyway so there's there's some other work right now being done on dreams and we all think that our dreams are our own but i will honestly say there's many dreams that i've had that were like where did that come from yeah that's not part of my realm that's not the way i think and and so this recent work on studying dreams is kind of leading or, or theorizing or hypothesizing that when one half of the globe is asleep they are being influenced by the other half of the globe who's awake so going back to what you're saying is that we're all connected in so many different ways in some ways that we can't even comprehend but we are starting to open those doors and unlock those, uh, you know, locks that, that have prevented us from, from having, being able to have conversations like this. Um, you know, uh, another great example of, of understanding energy, which, which does lead to conscious spirit and soul, right? So the whole cosmic, the whole cosmos, everything, right, is like an ocean. And if you take a cup 
and you scoop that water out, that cup represents your body. And what's inside of it is what's called your spirit. Because you took from the ocean, you took from mother spirit, mother all power. And then what ends up forming inside that vessel, your body, and the spirit is your soul. And that soul is a sum total of its experiences in this reality and potentially past worlds, past lives, past realities. Um, again, it's, you know, a very, if you're spiritual, it makes total sense. It's like, why, why do I think the way I think? Well, yeah, a lot of it could be influences from my childhood, like from, birth to eight, which they say is the most important part of a human's life, um, because that's really what shapes what your processes are going to be like as you mature. Um, but there are still influences that don't make sense. That it, no. it, it couldn't have been a childhood uh, exposure. It's beyond that. It's like having, you know, this like reoccurring past life dreams, right? Like how, how do, how did I know this? Or how did I not know that? Why did I come to the realization that this knowledge or this ability to learn um, could not possibly have come from my childhood? Like, I don't know about you, but I was what would be considered a spec, special education kid, right? or special education, well, I forget what the exact words or the acronym is, but bottom line was I didn't learn like the other kids. And it started at a very early age. I mean, I was in kindergarten and the teacher, the only way the teacher could keep me from disrupting the class was we had these cardboard boxes that were had a brick print, brick pattern. on, them. And they, we had a whole bunch of them. So we used them to build forts and mazes and stuff like that. So she would put me on a little hot little concrete truck that you could ride on and I'd put a block in the back and she'd say, oh, Leighton, I think that would look better over on that side of the classroom. And that, and that just went on and on and on through all of my school. I mean, basically, I didn't read well, so they just gave me a book and put me in a room by myself and said, read. <laughs> How well do you think that fucking worked, right? And then they tortured us with the metric system. Like they, they, they said, oh, we're going we're gonna to introduce the metric system into our public school system. What a fucking shit show that was when I was there. Because I was just at this vulnerable age. I'm just starting to understand math. Like, it's complicated. Then you get into fractions and all this other shit, right? Well, now they're throwing Dewey decimals at us. In the I know. We didn't get that. Plus, I was like, I'm not learning that. It was crazy. So we lost like three years of, of trying to convert the American math system into the um, decimal system. And, and then at the end of the experiment, they said, yeah, fuck this. We're going to go back to our way of doing math. <laughs> so here we are three, four years later, just going back to what we were learning, you know, way back three, four years earlier and, and have to start all over again. And then basically, so when, when I matured to a point where science was something that I was really interested in. My mother picked up on this, and I think it was when I was in maybe sixth grade, sixth or seventh. Um, she started buying me uh, Popular Mechanics. 
And I would read that fucking magazine front to back. But you gave me a book and said, all right, read this, read this book, and then we're going to do a test after. I failed the fucking test every time because I wasn't reading something I was interested in. And you weren't visualizing it at the same time. So you need to visualize it. You needed to see it and speak it out loud. That's how I learned. To, that's how I learned to learn at 50. I'm just that's saying. How I, that's how I learned to learn when I was in my 20s, brother. Same yeah. thing. It was one of these things. And I just want to acknowledge you and appreciate you right now. And, uh, you know, because we're from the same. If you guys don't know, me and Layton come from another universe together. He's <laughs> beating me up. I've had enough of this shit. Like, we're trying. You know? Yeah. So, pretty heady shit, man. Pretty fucking heady shit. So, back to yeah. Back to your soil. So in order to keep that soil from going hydrophobic, you really have to do one of two things. Either plant it with a cover crop or periodically mist it with a surfactant and then hit it with a compost extract. So biology is living there even though it's not performing the nutrient cycling system for anything. That's Sorry, I couldn't explain the fish amino acid and the labs. And, and uh, the water soluble calcium and a little dosage over top of that and keeping the soil a little bit moister. I'll cover up more or less to what you do. I need to cover that. So remember, you're talking about fertility when you use terms like fish amino acid. Okay. Those those are those are nutrients. Okay. Feed the bacteria that the bacteria in turn ionizes and releases or is consumed by a protozoa and then released as an ion. So you don't need the nutrients. You just need the nutrient cycle. They will, they will go and cyst. Um, nematodes insist. All of the predators insist. Um, and even, so even predators, at that point, what you're saying, that's what my next question was, is dealing with predators you know, I'm, I'm still on the fence of going completely living soil just because it's indoors. And I'm, I'm not really growing that much and not as not as advanced as what I used to in the past when I used to make all my soils. I used to do a lot of mixing soils <laughs> for a few years and I dumped them and I never really learned that much about it. If I'm going to be growing indoors in a little four by four area just for a hobby and being able to grow something a couple times a year, is this going to be sustainable for me as a, a fun hobby and be able to get a little something from it? Or am I really causing more problems for myself in the long run? Oh, I, I think that you can totally use that to your advantage. There's no reason why you can't have a perpetual crop change peppers, tomatoes, potatoes, and just keep rotating in or, or go polyculture and put them all in. But the only thing you have to do is a little bit of research to make sure that you're not putting plants that are either going to try to outcompete each other or try to push each other back. You, you ever heard of crabgrass, which I'm sure you have, right? Everybody knows what crabgrass is. Crabgrass actually uh, creates a herbicide, which it releases in its root zone to outcompete the present species of grass that, that's growing around it. There are a lot of plants that do that. So here again, it's like, you know, I hear so many stories of, well, 
I tried it, but it didn't work. And I'm like, well, did you look at what the quality of the plants that you put in the polyculture together do? I mean, did you do your homework? And the question is always, well, no, but I know, you know, I know farmers can grow them. And I'm like, yeah, but that's monoculture. That's not polyculture. You can't put two people that don't like each other in a tiny little sandbox and expect them not to get into a brawl. Right? Yeah, they're normally one winds up ending up in the hospital or dead. Yeah, right. That's not a good thing. But in, in the plant world, yeah, one usually ends up dead because it can't keep up with the other one. Exactly. So you could have a perpetual food machine in that four by four bed that grows year round. That's the whole idea. Right. So so listen to this one, right? You can take you can take almost any fruit. Um and cut it, peg it, put it underwater, germinate it, and then plant it. And then within like a lemon, say, within six, eight months, that little tree is going to start popping little lemons, right? So now, now you have a little lemon tree in there. Say you now want to grow some cannabis in there. Well, you just either you just dig up the roots of that plant and pot it and then put some more soil in there and grow your cannabis. Now you've kept that tent in perpetual motion. Or you kill that tree, leave that root ball, and grow a cultivar of cannabis that has a lemonine uh, cannabinoid. Guess how much you're going to impact that cannabis ability to pull that terpene out of the root ball from the little lemon tree. I never thought about that, dude. It's a whole new fucking world. Okay, that's it. I, I, I've known everything. I'll let you go. Thanks. <laughs> wow, dude. You know what? Just just, just that that alone opened up something completely in my brain I never thought about. So I just want to acknowledge you and appreciate this world right now and really look at what we haven't even looked at as in even that. That's beautiful. And be able to add that essence of what's come from another plant of our from 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 a lemon tree and that root ball still holding the essence and then transferring it into that next cultivar. Now over time you would lose that or would that new say cultivar take on those effects with the new biology being introduced or the new what's going on there? Maybe I'm saying it wrong. So I'm just I'm just like fascinated over here going, wow. So again, you know, there is this interaction between different plants um, when their roots cross, right? So that's why it's so important to biomimic nature because nature doesn't monocrop anything. Now, there is crop selection, successionary, as well as influence. Like there's a lot of trees that will leak out um, exudates to prevent other trees from coming in. I mean, some of the coolest things I did was uh, I went to this class in Kauai on understanding how forests successionarily change through their offspring. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people think, oh, well, you know, the tree drops its nuts and then the baby trees come up under the mother. There are plenty of trees that do just that. There are other trees that have created other evolutionary um, success, succession or uh, strategies by making their fruit uh, sweeter or more tart to attract 
different types of animals to either take the fruit and bring it back to their nest for the winter or for the summer or to let it ripen. Of course, a lot of those get lost or get dropped along the way. Um, and that's how that tree's strategy worked in expanding out beyond its just little uh, ecosystem, environment, whatever you want to call it. So, again, there's all of these different strategies in how to um, push successionary and evolutionary strategies within the individual environments or ecosystems. And so, you know, another, another good thing is like, say, say you're growing a cherry cultivar, right? Well, then you'd want to make an FPJ out of cherries. And you'd want to use cherry bark or cherry chips as a um, ground cover. Because the, the, the natural evolution or the natural plant um, reflexes are going to be pulling from things that it wants, which would have been those terpenes that would be released as you, um, you know, eat a cherry. Or it pulls what it wants, thinking from cherry. But I'm, as you know, I've, if guys don't know, I write notes like crazy. It's how you get things done. So when you get good information... So I like what you're saying of what's really going on. It's it's really that that concept outside the soil is pulling what it wants for growth around. It's not like you're feeding the outside soil, right? Exactly. So it's really taking what it needs from its environment around there. Now I just look at the the flavorful around my yard right now. If you don't mind, if I speak right now, yeah, I'm yeah, go about what's falling, like the mulberries that have been falling in my front yard for the last decade that's created this amazing soils with worms and stuff. In the backyard where my plums and all the apples are falling, I'm allowing that to go into the soils. And this year, the food is just so much more flavorful over time, so over a decade of this constantly kind of, I don't, you see Ken's being out here, I just kind of lie, as you can see where there's a little walkway, I just let all rot into the ground. I mean, kind of allowing that. So over time, that's really putting more back into the tree itself. And that's where those natural flavors are coming from. The home home fruit growing on your yard is just so much more flavorful. I don't care where you get it from at home over my house has been around for since 1958. So you can just imagine how great the fruit is on my yard. Mm -hmm. yep. it's so that's what we're really looking at is it's really reinducing itself. It's, it is actually um, creating a life cycle within this life cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Now, doing that indoors, are we able to obtain something like that indoors? And what's happening so we can actually take a look at our future? You know, there was a, a project that I was getting involved in. Unfortunately, it didn't really happen, but it was a geodesic dome. Um, and we were we called it the Thunderdome. And uh, Jimmy Perkins actually came on this podcast way back at the beginning. And we talked about the Thunderdome. And the Thunderdome, the idea was that there would be a garden in there. There would be a water feature in there. Did this um, burn down? Say again? Is this the one that burned down? No, but it, very, very similar to that. All right. You know, we're and, talking about the exact same kind of concept. Right? So, so the goal was to actually play music in there. Yeah. And dance in there with the plants and do yoga in there with music and the plants and the fish and the water. And 
get enough heat going in there that condensation occurred on the inner side of the dome. So it actually rained, which is very easy to do. It's not, that's not complicated. Then we took it a little bit further and we were talking about doing like a Tesla coil. Um, you've seen the machine where you stick your hand up against it and the lightning hits your hand. Yeah. The balls put one of those in there because we know for sure that electricity um, will help stimulate the biology in the soil. We know this for a fact. If you go to lightning strikes and you come back a period later, the growth is insane. Exactly. So, so there you go. It's, it's a giant closed loop called the Thunderdome where it actually has weather inside of it. Can you create weather in your tent? Fuck yeah, you can. You can get a little fogging machine. Right? I've, I've created a VPD kind of thing and really try to maintain inside of a small growth space. It's hard, let me tell you. You can't maintain it. You do get massive fluctuations. But it is something that can be obtained. So, uh, I mean, my, my, I was going to build a, a tunnel and put an underground layer underneath my garage and contain a whole system, like, you know, just because I watched it on a movie when I was a kid. I'm like, shit, can we do that now? I'm an adult. I can actually pull that shit off. And, um, we can. I've, I've grown under doors. I've grown outdoors. I've grown underground. I've, I can grow pretty much anywhere. Just plant me anywhere in the world. Uh, but of course, at that point, I'm using art, I'm not using living soils. We're using artificial nutrients, right? So that's the whole game plan right now. Is where are we going when we're getting to the next phase? A lot of stuff's going back with salt nutrients. We're getting away from the liquid. We're seeing a change in the industry because everything's being force-fed through hydroponics and everything's being stacked on vertical design systems and stuff like that. And we're losing the flavor. We're losing we're losing those turfs. We're losing that that real Real food. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's where biology comes in because you will never get nutrient dense. And I, I, I'm not even supposed to use that word because we really don't know what nutrient dense is. Well, that's Wait, not true. We know yeah. what food was in the 1700s and the 1800s before synthetic fertilizer. That was nutrient dense food. Mm -hmm. That was medicine, dude. That was fucking medicine. So, a little off topic, but it gets into the concept of what we were talking about earlier, where the egg actually chooses which sperm it's going to allow yeah. in. Did you know that every apple that's grown on an apple tree is a gen different genetic than its mother? Just like every clone and every plant and every seed is different thinking at the apple of course because they're all different on the tree so that makes them all different so you don't see the exact same apple there's always something unique about every apple that's on the tree on every fruit on everything you eat everything is different nothing is the same in this world it's evolutionary succession it's it's moving the needle Evolutionary succession i like that i mean let's face it all right the the sahara desert was a meadow many, many, many years ago. And now it's a desert. Well, that's the natural progression of the Earth. The Earth has had polar resets, man. Exactly. And we've had evolutionary friggin' um, crashes. There's been when the ice caps actually met at the friggin' 
Mediterranean at, met at the fucking equator. The whole planet was caked in ice. We know this. We have the data. And then yet life came back again, better and stronger and more powerful. So, I mean, going back to it's all about the biology, Ken, <laughs> wherever you are, the biology we know can survive. We, we, we did an experiment on the space station where they smeared bacteria on the outside of it and left it get bombarded by cosmic rays and, and you know, extreme cold and extreme radiation from the sun. Three years later, they scraped that off, put it on the microscope, and it was still alive. Wow, that's interesting to see that and hear about that. So, I mean, we know that we are biology. We know that's what where things are. We know we're light. We're energy that doesn't die. So Boy, we're really making human beings, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. We're, it, it, we're fucking badass, but we're also <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> well, you know what? We get we we get a, we get a short time on this rock in existence where you are to understand where your beliefs are and where your true values roll and where your roles and goals are going for you in life. But we're not unique. Human beings run patterns through time and through essence, through the fourth turning where we are right now and, and just the matter of humanity and where we are in the existence of time, through the changing of the world order, which is a uh, uh, new world order, new principles of a world order, and what we've gone through through existence through the last thousand years and what's happening through every hundred years through time. We're programmed, just, just evolving. Yeah. So another, another interesting um, way to think about it, right? Yeah, is metabolism, right? Met what is metabolism? So the metabolism of a human is about 80 years. I think they've adjusted that back to 70-something now for Americans because of what we eat. But bottom line is that is our metabolism. We, we, we start as an egg and a sperm, and we evolve uh, into an adult, and then we end up actually going reverting back to almost a childhood state when we get very, very old. People have to take care of us can't take care of herself anymore. Yeah. So now, trip on this, my friend. The metabolism of Archaea living at the bottom of the ocean in the muck is believed to be about 500,000 years to one of our years. In other words, they're around for millions perhaps even billions of years because their metabolism is so slow so slow so this is the this is the fountain of youth and this is what the the geneticists and you know some of these crazy friggin synthetic biological scientists are working on is how to introduce a metabolism into the human body that would allow it to extend out a lot further than its present ability. Uh, they've, they're making progress on it. it it's kind of scary to think that, especially if you were young, like I would never want to freeze my body at this, or not freeze, but stop getting old at this point in my life. My body is falling the fuck apart. Hips, knees, joints, shoulders, I did, that, I did that push-up challenge, dude. I couldn't even lift my fucking arm the next day. Dude, you know what? So we'll do squats or just scream yes. You know, like I know. <laughs> Takes a while. I, I go up and down. He's like, I did that push-up challenge. And he's like, I appreciate you too. I just want to acknowledge that. Love you, man. 
<laughs> I love it too, brother. It's um, it's uh, it's looking at where we are, and, and one thing I have me learning because I did a lot of stuff with, of course, Tony Robbins, and read his book with Life yep. Force, Peter Mendez, and gone through that not once, twice, but three times. I take NDM Plus, so I take cell recell generation. I take collagen peptides, creatine. I take K two D three. I take certain things to take a look at where we are because we can now slow down. At the same time, recreate cells that have been deteriorated at the age of 50. Understand, we didn't live past the age of like 50,000 years ago. Like, we're very unique in life cycle right now in humanity. Like, we're lucky to be alive at 50. Woo. <laughs> like, if you really look at where we are in evolution and stuff, where we are today, uh, thousands of years ago, would we make 35, 40? And that was if you were lucky. Exactly. So our cells regenerate. That's why we're aging so quickly at certain ages is because we have to really take a look at those cells that are actually deteriorating. We can replace those now with, with certain things that are going on, even with the RNA vaccination and sitting beside Stephen Jones, the doctor, and talking with him for nine hours about this because he was doing DNA sequencing. And I have this whole slideshow on my phone, took pictures of it. It's pretty amazing. Of looking at what they're going with evolution and how we can now stop things from aging and put in blockers so we don't get certain diseases and detect heart disease even before it becomes a problem. So all of these new things that happen because of what's going on, we can actually probably, we are gonna live longer lives. We're in that state of, of evolution that we can now detect things with AI, advanced technologies, whether using Typeco, using home, use of Doctor at home. They have different things that monitor you so they can actually tell you what's going on. It's not we what we Yeah, we can actually fold proteins to, yeah. do, to perform different tasks. That's insane. It's insane. We have, that we have that power at this point in time. It's happening. You look at someone's like. So we had a podcast last week, and, and we kind of touched on a little bit of like how great it is to be alive at this point if you're into science, how horrifying it is to be alive if you're looking at like trying to raise a family or buy a house or, you know, become a part of, of the American dream, um, if that's even a reality anymore. I say, what is the American dream these days? Is it to have a house and five kids and live on a lake? Well, you know what? That's just not feasible with the finances and what's going on in the world and how we're evolving so quickly, so fast. Well, back in the days, we had a Sony Walkman. There was one. Now, if you came up with a Sony Walkman, there'd be 50 by tomorrow. Yep. So it's, it's like... You start one thing and 500 people behind you are going to do the same thing. Why? Because your thoughts are not your own. Understand that. As we evolve, your thoughts are evolving with others too. Even so, you're very much an empath, just like me. You can walk into a room and feel other people's energy. Yeah. You know, I, I've gotten so, I don't know, I don't want to say good or bad at it because I, I don't think that that should be a, a word associated to empathy. empathy. But I, I definitely am very uncomfortable in, in crowds, in large groups of people. Never used to bother me before. It wasn't until it wasn't until I got involved with Colleen that, that I really experienced a lot of the things that kind of drove me crazy. Mm -hmm. Like I, I just wanted to be normal, right? I just want to be fucking normal. But you're, you're not, and you're never going to be because you were given these tools 
to do something, to accomplish something while you're here, this term, this time. This term. <clears throat> whatever, whatever you believe, whether this is a one and done or this is you keep coming back until you get it right. Whatever you believe, and I'll leave that up to you. But bottom line is these tools can be very scary if you don't understand what they are and how to use them or how to block them. How to block and how to actually appreciate them. Yes. It's the appreciation, yeah. gratefulness, and knowing where you are and be able to actually be able to guide people with the energies and look at their architecture and where their energy lies at that moment. And kind of, yeah, I, I, once again, I appreciate you, my brother. Uh, with you in, in, in Edmonton was just beautiful and, and looking at how we uh, how we do connect all around the world. Now, if you look at those guys and who you connect with and who you're close to, and sometimes you have no reason why you met that person. Well, there's a reason. <laughs> Dude, just like when I met you and you met me, there was a fucking bond that was clear. Boom. And we just walked outside, sat outside, smoking weed for Hours. It was awesome. It was a beautiful, beautiful experience. Those are those connections that are supposed to be in life, and they're not random. They're, no, they're no. driven by spirit, energy, emotion. When you connect with a spirit, energy, emotion, it's and I and I do find these people in our existence, and then you find that sometimes it breaks apart due to the fact that not knowing that you have that next energy to actually make change because that energy is there for a reason it's 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 a different type of connection it's it's a it's a bonding of a connection of information that you now you're changing that next pathway mm -hmm. exactly. so that and that's yeah we're on the same we we connect on on an amazing level um so and look at pathway of how that connection evolves and makes change and you watch that evolve because it creates a ripple exactly the ripple i love, love the ripple <laughs> as we say it at the same time you know <laughs> so i was i was very blessed in my life i mean i was always extremely spiritual i went down reading books on all the different religions i actually taught confirmation class um, you know, I read the Bible front to back. So I, I dove down a lot of these uh, mystical or mysticisms in, in trying mm -hmm. to better understand why I was the way I was. And it wasn't until fucking I met Pauline that it was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Every fucking day I was learning new shit that was creating, you know, connecting all of these dots that I had been living through my whole life. And one of one of those was the fact that I'm an empath and that I can feel other people's energy. And I used to take it on because I didn't know what it was. So I would take on the negative effect of these people or or I would be angry when I was driving my car. And the next thing you know, I got all these road ragers flying around me, blocking me and trying to get in front of me and then putting their brakes on. I didn't understand that. I didn't understand that I am basically a magnet to bad things when I'm in a bad frame of mind and I'm not being grateful and appreciative. And, and the opposite is true. I can attract energy vampires when I'm on fire and I'm, I'm like just glowing because my aura is just on fire because I'm so happy and I'm in a great place and I'm doing what I love. 
So, you know, I didn't understand that shit until she basically started spilling this and explaining to me how to block and how to accept and how to project. Deep shit, dude. Really? This is, this is beautiful because I'm deep with you. You know, you hear, you can feel, you already feel how we feel. I just I can really look at the hair standing up on my arm. Well, you probably can't see it, but <laughs> you know, when when we have these, and I know you don't mind if I I speak again, you know, yeah. of just these connections that we get to have in life, and when you find that connection, understand that's a connection that you can't explain. It's a connection that goes deeper than deep itself. It really is. There's 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 a place in time where you put, and you might not ever get there. But once you start opening up your mind, your soul, and your heart and understanding where you are and, and where your path is, you, you start finding beautiful other people around you that want to want to make that change or look at where they're actually finding that true calling. You know, you know the one sad thing is, John, is that so many people travel through life, spend their whole life, and they never find what they were supposed to do. And they never connect with the community that they were supposed to. And this goes back into why a lot of cultures believe that this is just a one life that you've got to keep coming back over and over again until you get it right. This is God's school here. And once you've understood that and, and, and found that and, and was a bright light in other people's lives, then you get to pass on to who knows what. It could be another life form on another galaxy or in the center of the universe. Who knows, right? But energy cannot be created or destroyed. So it's going somewhere. I mean, if you look, yeah, look at the Native Americans. What they believed was that you would come back as an animal the next time. And then perhaps back as a human after that. So I think, I think the indigenous were, were so far advanced of, of what we have evolved into becoming. You know, what we've become is, is not pretty. We are polluters. We are hoarders. We are a virus to this Mother Earth. And they say that in the matrix. And when the starts realizing the damage that we've done and where we are as we, as we evolve with a lot of things that are happening in today's society, how long are we going to exist as in walking this Mother Earth as in, as in human form? Our energy is going to go somewhere. And understand that that if 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 you look at where you are and where you're going, then you, you know, really have to take a look at where you are and what you're doing here, which is hey, it all comes down to the soil matters, right? Life matters, where you are and what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and there's nothing more rewarding than when you find your purpose or understand i should say understand your purpose. i'm gonna say understand because finding your purpose is going to change all the time but understanding where you are and what you are here for which is grief and gratitude and be able to actually give back giving gives back you know what oh, dude giving the more you give the more you get you know what it's it's the only free joy it is. Can, can it, 
giving some the heart. Giving money is this. There's anybody can give money and go here, here, but really, truly giving for a cause or for a purpose, and what you truly want to actually acquire and see where you want to go with others is is truly uh, where you start living in a beautiful state, which I know you live in, my friend. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, having the opportunity to have a voice and and be allowed to express the things that I've learned to others, to give them knowledge that prevents them from making the same mistakes that I've made, right? And, and not all people can learn the same way. So we all learn different pieces and parts or dots on the, on the big map, but it just takes those connections, um, those evolutions, those successionary uh, movement to, to really help connect the dots. I mean, dude, like, I can't tell you how many times back when I was doing that conference live, people would come up to me and just give me a big hug and say, oh, my God, you, you, you helped me put all these dots together. Now I understand that. And it's like, dude, that's why I'm here is, is to share that information and, and help you move along your path to, to the goals that you feel are what you're supposed to be doing. And whether those goals change and evolve or, or mutate and go off in left field, it doesn't matter. But you at least have some ability to understand how to connect the dots. So if you do go to left field, you'll, you'll be able to start over again, but you at least understand how to connect the dots. Because that's at the end of the day, that's everything, right? That's, that is power. That is wisdom is to be able to take situations, circumstances, environment, whatever, and connect the dots to make to make a connection to it. You say best way said, understand how to connect your own power, right? And it's beautiful. And, you know, as I'm embarking on my new journey in life, which is giving back and serving, I look at where I'm doing, and I know I, I'm going to ask again, you don't mind if I share this new little journey I'm on? No, please. It's my 42-day course, 42-day challenge, 42-day push. And it's 42 days of information of where I've gotten from, of understanding, built from broken. And I always talk about the beginning stages of what happened and how we build from being broken and really understanding those concepts. Um, and then I get into what I learned from Tony. It was week two is unleash the power within inside of you and finding that power of unleashing that, that true essence of who you are that own heroic unique identity. This is just a couple of things what I've learned. Going into like a week three, I talk about the power of happiness, which is beautiful. And where happiness comes in from the spirit from within and looking at where you are in existence and understanding that you can, with meditation and breath work and simple things of, of just daily gratitude and gratefulness and giving yourself a pat on the back going, thank you for having a great talk with weight and just really expressing just like, and, and acknowledging you for just being so present for everybody in existence, what you've always done for others. Thank you for that. Oh, my pleasure, brother. Thank you. I mean, it's it's not like you're not pushing the needle too, my friend. Oh, that's what I mean. That I want to talk about unleashing that power within and being unblinded and this gaining emotional rapport and five-level listening and being there present for others. This is stuff I learned through other courses. And I'm taking all these things that I've learned over the years and putting it together in a 42-day course for $42, 42 before I turn 52. I just want to serve and give back and show exactly what, what you're doing in a different way. And I just, 
you know, I, I appreciate you because this is what we get to do. We get to share our stories of what we've been through, how we've gotten to where we are, and be able to express that with others who are wanting to actually step up for themselves. Is you, my friend. I, I love listening to you. I love being here present with you and you educate and you give the path to show us where we're going. That's what I get to do right now. I'm just kind of pretty excited of just, I'm taking notes because we all have the same path of how to connect the dog, right? Understand how to connect your power. And again, and then, you, you need to give yourself a pat on the back too on a regular basis because you're doing the same thing, brother. You're doing the damn same thing. No, it's... um. Looking at the power we have, the pathway of power. And it's sitting all around me, it's three pillars of power. You know, being unblinded and looking at what we do in life and all of the notes and the leadership groups that we take. Look at the vehicles of definition and how those vehicles take you where you are. Your six human needs. Oh yeah. Um, it's a it's a beautiful path. I'm into that. And and I love the fact that you try to remind people about gratefulness and appreciation, meditation, and grounding. Because all it takes is about five minutes. With your Take your shoes and socks off, stand in the grass, stand in the soil, stand in mud, stand on the beach, whatever. All it takes is like five minutes to re-energize your entire body. And, and meditation, every day. I can't stress enough how that has affected me. I've been meditating for probably probably close to 10 years now. And at first, I would get monkey mind. I, I My brain would just start going crazy. And I, I wasn't getting the benefit of it. And again, it's like the first thing you have to do is, is learn to tune your mind out. Just shut it down. Just let it go blank. Yeah. A lot of people, yeah, a lot of people use breathing, <clears throat> and again, those are ways to enhance, to to speed up the process of really meditating. Um, there's a lot of, I want to say, uh, controls put on meditation that shouldn't be there. People want to say, oh, you got to do it this way or you got to do it that way. There's no right way to do it. You can be walking on a beach and meditating. You can be walking in the woods and be meditating. Yeah, you can sit in style, you know, do all of the poses. Sure, that works too. You can lay on your back, lay on the floor, lay on your bed. doesn't matter. Stand up. It doesn't matter. It's all about just cleaning your mind. Just clean it out and then listen to what comes in because that's the power, dude. That's where the real power happens. But first, you got to learn how to clean it out or shut it down. And that's, that's the hard part of meditation. And I pretty much learned hard way again it took me probably at least a year and then i was introduced to breath work to try to speed that up yeah. breath work helped a lot there's all kinds of different mantras you can hum there's all kinds of different ways to speed up that transition so you learn laughing meditation just laughing <laughs> tapping i did the tapping i did tapping meditation uh, all right here guys power of happiness everything you're talking about deep and the tapping and the breath and then my and be and, and the sound the bong and, and and the deep mantra right getting in and then there's certain things that you can look at it just how to it's simple music will let you clear your mind 
long as you're just letting it kind of with the, the sound, a lot of uh, old, um, like Tortowski and Beethoven and, and, and Mozart and stuff like that. I used to like listen to the, just the tone was the bum. Why do you think they took all the bells and gongs out of Tibet? Because it was too powerful. They didn't want these people to have the power to, to transcend, literally. And it's sad. It's sad. It's this control thing. It's like this group wants to control all these other groups. And so the first thing they do is attack their power. Takes away. You take away a man's power, you take away his ability to move forward. I mean, that's, that's basically what America and pretty much, well, I'm not going to get into the friggin' Bank of International Settlements. We, 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 we will die for one thing. Freedom. People will yeah. die. You know? You, you, know, you know what they say. The most dangerous human on the planet is one who's suffered tremendously and no longer has anything left to lose. Exactly. 100%. So how are you going to stop that? When you, have, when you have nothing to lose, you're unstoppable. You're invincible. You, you, and you, you become... You become you become, you'll do, it makes no difference. Then you break, there is no fear. No. It's go. And and that is the key word, fear. That's they the use fear to control us. They use pitting us against each other to control us because we're too busy fighting instead of paying attention to, holy shit, I should be meditating right now. I should yeah, be no, walking, I, breathing. Great ideas, guys. This is what Another. it's you know, super great ideas. And we take a look at because fear is false evidence that appears real. That's it. False Bang evidence fear is real. Boom. Because that's all it is. It's bullshit when you live in fear because of someone else's what story. Stories come with consequences, consequences of results that normally put us into those 15 negative bad things over and over. So quit telling yourself a story and start moving forward with inspiration and future pacing where we're going. Because that's really what it looks at. Where are you going? Don't see people where they are. You're cheating them. See them what they can become. Start changing the way you look at how you look at people and how we can change people by just simply being present and future pacing. You'll live a better life. You start seeing people better because you're future pacing where they can become. Wow. Energy. You put on your glasses, right? Yeah, I had, I had to see you. I just can't sit there and go, hey, dude, how's it going? I got this great <laughs> going on. I can do this, but I don't get to see. And this is where I get the visual. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not an auditory. I'm not a visual. I'm not a kinesthetic guy. I'm always, give me a hug. You need to know that right away. Hard hug. Give me, where's that energy lie? Like that. People always, oh, you're the weird hugger. Yeah, I know. I get to feel your heart. I get to know where your energy is. What's, what's really hurting? Because that's where the true essence comes into. Heart and the gut. That's your third brain. This one here, get out of your head, get into your heart, and then go with your gut. Those are the true ones that kind of work with you guys. Your brain gun and in your heart brain. So, this one it's the, tells you all the stories. So interesting that you should use the word heart brain because they have uh, just uncovered the fact that there are uh, almost – if not as many neural pathways in the heart than there are in the brain. I believe, I believe they're almost identical. 
And it would make sense. And if you take a look at your heart is 71% water and your brain is 73% water. Think about that. It's water, fat, muscle. It's water. It's the flow. It's transfer of the energies. Your, 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 your muscles and tendons are 78% fucking water. And, and we're not even talking about magnetism yet. Right? Magnetism, next level. Next, you know what we we have you and me got all day. We could sit here and talk all day. So you guys got no idea how long the show is going to go for. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's it's really looking at where we are and and where we can become, and then we're looking at how we're growing. And it's really it's how we're growing and where we're going with that growth. It's, it's really meeting our, our, our spirit needs at this point in life. We're all about growth and contribution. We're seeing more of that now in existence and time, whereas before everybody wanted to feel significant. Well, we got programmed. That's the problem. Yeah. We got programmed by the system. But a lot of people have come out, you know, after COVID have, have really kind of woken up. You know, I hate the fact that they stole that word from us because woke meant you realize something that you had been taught that was not true. You woke up to a lie, right? And that usually leads to an awakening because now you question that one thing. You're like, well, what else have they lied to me about? What, what else have they used to manipulate me with? And, and that starts the path to spirituality. But without that first little spark of life, where you question something because perhaps it didn't feel right, didn't smell right, didn't didn't make sense. That's that's the spark, man. That's that's where it all starts from. And you know, let let's get into magnetism. That, this is this is one of the reasons why grounding is so important. Um, I encourage the audience to look at the magnetic energy coming from the earth. It's yep. super cool. The, the energy loops, um, it's freaking sacred geometry. Well, it's the way it spins and the way the whole twirls and the way the energy is moving. It shoots out the poles and goes back into the equator. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. It's incredible. And so how do you tap into that? Grounding, walking around without your shoes on. That's, that's how you tap into it. Now, what does that do to your body? Well, it magnetizes it. And why is it important to magnetize? Well, I'll give you one really important answer. We had Pollock on here, and he talked about how that the heart could never be strong enough to push blood cells through these tiny little capillaries if it wasn't for easy water and the magnet of the coating of the um, capillaries. It can squeeze and condense that and let it pass through. Yeah. So if you're not, if you're, if you're low vibration, you're not grounded, chances are you got heart problems, man, or, or circulatory issues, or, or any one of number of really problematic things in, in your health. I mean, Look, we unfortunately we're subject to horrible nutrition. That's that's is what it is, right? It's uh, been eating out for two weeks. You're like, this sucks. <laughs> Dude, sometimes I have to eat shit and 
oh my god, I hate myself for after. I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm gonna beat myself up right now because I'm I'm being eating, and, and it's the whole thing about society. It's cheaper to eat shitty food. Oh hell yeah, hell yeah. This is the only place on the planet. Oh, six pieces of chicken and fries and plums and for six pieces of chicken and, and fries with gravy and buttermilk biscuits. 20 bucks. A bag of grapes, 18 fucking dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Plums from my backyard, priceless. <laughs> Dude, America is the only country on the planet that you have obese people that are malnutritious. Mm -hmm. mal malnourished. And it's no fucking joke because they can't afford clean food. Just like you said, they're basically modern day slaves that are just getting whatever calories they can get, but are getting bombed with all this other crap to keep them sick, to keep them going to the hospital, keep them hey, food. I can tell you right now, is being extremely healthy for the last, you know, I've always been healthy, but that's said most of my life. But really going down a proper diet and taking a look at water and, and looking how we are and losing 92 pounds and completely changing my life. We had to do with key things. Get away from processed foods. Get away from, get away from, from like basically all the shit that's on the market that we shouldn't be eating. Fast food. Look at more water density foods, fresh vegetables, more of a Mediterranean diet and fish. Wow, shed weight like crazy. It's easy. Only problem is it's expensive. It's expensive. It's 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 stupidly expensive. It really is. But I budget myself and how I eat. You know, I have my smoothies, and I can tell you that I can buy a bag of puff. My buddy's staying here right now, not Ken, another guy, and he's got these big this big box of 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 puff wheat or Reese's pieces candy things. I had a few of them. They're just full of chocolate. That box of Cereal costs him four dollars. He's been eating all that thing for four days. I bought some fresh fruit and stuff like that. It's gone a long time ago, and that was like thirty fucking dollars. Yeah, it's pretty scary when you go to the grocery market nowadays. So I got you. We have to start growing, and that's what we're talking about. That's why the soil matters so much. That's the beginning stages of our conversation of really being self-sufficient for oneself. As I get older, I'm not going to be running around. I'll be at home a lot. I'll be able to grow some of my own vegetables and because uh, I'm at home, learning from that, teaching it, understanding it. I don't have to wait a machine to come to my door to feed me or get it kind of brought to the door because I'm like bolted in and can't get out because they've welded my door shut because there's so many diseases out there in 100 years. I don't know where we're going to be. Yeah, it's uh, unfortunately, I've been connecting the dots for way too long in my life. And I, Coming and and no and nobody would listen. Everybody laughed at me. They called me a conspiracy theorist. We should actually just talk about that, my friend, because where we are and where we hit by twenty forty five, we're in some serious deep shit. Um, I don't think we're gonna get it. To, I think we're. I think by two thousand thirty, shit's gonna hit the fan. By twenty thirty, you're gonna see such a change in existence in the next. If it feels like thirty days, because where we are and what's happening with artificial intelligence going into into our basically, and, and what's going on now, even Elon and 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 Richard Branson and all these guys are talking about they're looking at the keys of the universe and they're asking, 
They've, they've gotten so advanced on what we're looking at and how deep AI is. Is AI is is artificial intelligence? Oh, it's sorry. Just, it's 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 the alien. It's it's you can't stop it because there's no source. Yeah. And it's already recreating uh, things itself already. Oh, we already know that. It's already it's filed for its own patents, and that was. I'm involved with some pretty awesome AI groups that open with open AI, and someone's gonna call me, and I don't know how to stop it. Hopefully, it'll just go away. <laughs> on the computer. I don't even know where my phone is, so I don't care. Is it sitting over there in the, in the office? I mean, right where the table is. Okay, now it's gone. Nice job. You come to another one? No. Oh, who's the... I, beautiful. Who's that? No, who's that? Here, right here. Hi. Hi. Oh. Had to come up and take a look. What's going on? Hi. He, he already had the presence. My, my cat sister and looks at us too. I know. I love you too. Buddy. You know, the only call I'm really working on would be one person. Oh, here I think. I have someone maybe showing up. To pick up plums. Because he's got like, they're driving back to Saskatchewan. He's like, I got my three kids. I'm like, you got to stop buying us some fresh fucking plums, dude. There you go. That way like crazy. I'm like feeding as many people as I can. Because you can only eat so many plums in life. Now it's coming down to grapes. Now the grapes are coming down too. So I live in this beautiful little house here. It's like small little, like, you know, five bedroom mansion, it feels like. Um, and it's got mulberries, cherries. No, no cherry trees died. I don't know why I just died. It kind of sucked. It's got plums, pears, apples, and blackberries and grapes. Well, whoever built that house did it right. I mean, that's what, that's what the Puerto Ricans do. Is if there is a couple that's going to get married, um, the first thing they do is they start building them a plot of land and they plant all fruits around it, um, knowing that those are going to take five to seven years um, to really start producing a lot of fruit. And so they live with the family, the you know the parents, um, and then they slowly build the house over the course of the next five to seven years. And by the time the house is done, they move in um, and they have a food forest. So whoever whoever built that house was probably thinking very similar to that kind of concept. And, and again, there's no reason why anybody can't do that. There's no reason. Hey, Layton. I mean, hey, Ken, you want to go outside and find um, Sterling? He's like at some East Indian lady's house knocking on the door. I think he's at the wrong house. Oh, Appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's at three two two three three two nine zero. I'm like, no, it's three two two nine zero. He's like, fuck. That's wow. awesome. Um, so, sorry about that. Guys, I had yeah. a friend pick up plums, and Ken gave me plums, and all of a sudden, I'm gonna lose more plums. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's a plum crazy day. 
Well, you know, I just did an event, and the funny thing is, is I got to this event. We called it Pot Fights. So it was a lot of fun. And when I got there, I took off my shoes and my socks, and I walked around in bare feet and had a great old time. And my feet were all muddy, and then I had put on my socks and shoes and walked around because I was leaving like, footprints all over everywhere. Well, that's good. You got a nice infusion in your in your feet. It, it was a beautiful little way of just, and and that's what we should do. And I do the same thing when I was up in. Uh, you shoe everywhere I go. I seem to like take off my shoes, and I'm known to like walk around in bare feet. That's how we ground. That's where you get your energy. It really remember is. You, remember, you caught me up there and at grow up with my feet. Oh, up. Like, First thing I did was I sat down, was ripped my shoes and socks off. <laughs> no, it's uh, I did that in Africa. I got to Africa. It's just when I landed. Yeah, what were you doing in Africa? Tell me a story. What was that oh. all about? Africa, you know what? I went on um, a, a little, uh, what we call a trip with the, the Tony Robbins uh, crew. There's a bunch of us, about 250 of us. And it was really, really an amazing trip to Zimbabwe, Zambia. Went to four different countries. Got to go in, in, into like um, a village of like 30,000 people where there's actually no electricity, no nothing, where they spend all day to make a loaf of bread. Really seeing true life, going to the motherland, understanding, like when you get to really take a look at where we are and where we are here in existence, and then you see where, where people live and how they live and just how beautiful and how they're just in so much grace and how they're, it's, it's beautiful. I broke into some limiting beliefs. It was huge for me. Um, things I thought I could never do, I did. That's what Tony does. I'm not gonna do this. Oh no, no, no. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm not. I'm told Scott. Scott, I talk to certain people. Said I'm not gonna go white white river rafting. There's no way I'm gonna do this because I saw I'm not gonna do it. Like, oh, don't worry. It's all gonna be good. It's all gonna be good. They put me on the bus. They drive me for an hour and a half. They go, okay. They get me. They go, okay, John. So we're gonna do some white water river rafting. Now you don't have to go. Yeah, but they're taking helicopters coming you out of there. So, like, now I have to get in the Whitewater River raft, go down the river, watch people flip inside the river. We're rescuing people out of the river. And at the end of it, dude, yes. So it's really breaking through those limiting beliefs, doing things that you thought you could never do, stepping up for yourself. And that's what it was about. It was really that next step level for really becoming where I am right now and seeing where you can truly become. You're more powerful than you could possibly imagine. You just have to realize how powerful you are. And that just means to grow forward and you're nodding your head because you know exactly what I'm talking about is we have a lot of limiting beliefs in life. My limiting belief is that I could not do a lot of things because of my injuries, because of my accident. But that was bullshit that I put in my head. It's what the doctors put in my head. It's what other people were telling me and not what I was telling myself. So when you start listening to yourself instead of other people, you start really opening up who you truly can become which is your heroic, unique identity of who you are. You know, and it all starts by, by challenging your fears. Exactly. Do anything that you're scared of, do that. And then that opens up that door for another and another and another until you've conquered them all. And then now, guess what? You are Superman because you have no fear. So here's me doing push-ups. Fearing to do bungee jumping, overlooking the Zambaya Falls, Zambaya River. They pick me up. They're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going head first. So they lift me up. They, you got to go a little bit farther. Put my hands right on the front there. Yep. Dude, never thought I'd do this broken neck, everything. I thought, this is crazy. And boom. Launched. <laughs> I love Launched. it, dude. Launched. All the way. You can just barely see me down there, right? Yep. 
That's crazy. And then they reel you back up. Yeah. Yeah, there you are, dangling. Like, I'm just dangling away, right? I never thought I'd ever do that again in my life. But that really, was- reality, it was bullshit that I was telling myself. A lot of things we tell ourselves that we're doing right now. Oh, I can't do it. It's bullshit. If you say you can't, you're lying to yourself. If I can do it, you can do it. You know, and I'm like, you can do anything. Sometimes it takes a little bit of conditioning. You might not just be able I I just didn't jump off a bungee jump, you know, 222 pounds out of shape and feeling like shit. And, you know, I, I spent years to get to where I thought I was. And then I did it. That's and that gives progress. Progress gives us happiness because I made progress to get to where I needed to go. Yep. It, was, it, was, it, was, it was beautiful. I mean, I think if there were three takeaways that the audience could get was overcome your fears, yes. meditate, and ground. And if you do those, you will become invincible. There's, there's, there's nothing to it. it, it it's, it's just making yourself more powerful. You know, it's, it's really get focused and get clear. Mm-hmm. Get the best tools and results for what you really want. Get a line. It's right here. Get anybody. Get results in your life. Step up. Mm-hmm. Be that extraordinary, fantastic who you are. Don't try to be someone else. No. <laughs> No, and again, you know, if you if you can hit your full potential, your full genetic expression as a human, wow, you will be such a benefit to everybody that you come in contact with. Yeah, you're you're elevating the whole. You're elevating the all. And I think you know that's the one thing that uh, a lot of the generations behind me are missing that piece whether it's been taken away from them or they've been discouraged or they've been made so fearful of everything that they're scared to try anything. I was going to say, I think they're more fearful. Yeah. That's what they've created. They created this fear and, and then people get caught up in their own limiting beliefs with the story. The story gives them the consequence that comes with what results and they don't do anything. I love what it is. Vicious cycle that that is just we keep running in, and really got to break that transformation. Freedom comes when you break the pattern. I call it results, purpose, massive action. Manage your life, plan your life, grow your life. People succeed in life have momentum, right? You have to have momentum in life where you truly want to go. Have a purpose. Have have something to go for you. If you don't have a purpose, there's one there waiting for you to find. Or you don't have a goal, forget it. Roles and goals. They don't teach you this in school. They don't teach you roles and goals. And you really need to set roles and goals and your true values. It's your global belief system. What is your global belief? What do you truly believe in? Right? And your fuel of choice and your emotions. So when you come present to anything, understand your fuel for your car for anything put in is your emotional fuel. And you can change. Uh, and you know what I mean? We can walk into a room and change that whole room like that by how we feel. And if you want to come up with a negative attitude, that one person can bring that room. And then you get someone like us come in the room and go like, yeah, woo. <laughs> and, and then you get this polarity going back and forth. And then you see <clears throat> the tension. But I can tell you, normally the tension that always wins is the one that's always what? The one that's having the most fun. No, the one that's being able to go through the most problems and get through it. Right? Weak people make weak times. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. 
strong people make strong times. Strong people make great times. You know, that's it's 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 just the it's it's success in life, right? It's um, we're not unique. We run no. patterns, and and we're we're here to learn. And a lot of times, that's through suffering, right? Oh, I mean, that's, that's, that's that's called experience. Experience comes with bad judgment. Bad judgment comes with experience. Mm -hmm. That's how you get knowledge and experience. It's called bad judgment. That's 20% of the problem, 80% of the solution is understanding you made a bad judgment. You're learning from that call and you're going to grow forward. Hopefully it didn't cost you your life. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That right. Everything that you do from drugs to, to bad judgment with relationships to bad judgment with who you get a car with from bad judgment where you get a job. You make a bad judgment and you just said, I don't like what I'm doing. You can do it for the rest of your life. That's a bad judgment fucking call. Right there. You're going to be miserable. And you know how many people are miserable because they're trapped. Fuel for what reason? To fuel the machine. They're trapped by the money. They're trapped by the machine. And you know what? We all get trapped. But at the same time, you can be happy for what you have. You never be happy by what you get. You'll be happy by the person you become. So make your life a masterpiece. And remember, you are owned by what you own. Yeah. If you got a fancy car, well, you're gonna have to work twice as hard. You get a piece of shit car that you can work on. Guess what? You got more money in your pocket. You know, I left my truck. It's 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 20 years old this year. <laughs> I got about 200 and something, 20,000 miles on my second hand uh, Highlander. So I I love that thing to death. Just keep it keep it tires and oil, and uh, that's about it. Tune it up once every. I got to go put an oil change on that old sucker right now. That's the next thing around the corner. New tire. I don't need a new tire sooner or later. Did the brakes. Yeah. Yep. Big scratch on the side. They're like, you know, five grand to fix it. I'm like, yeah, no, the truck's worth five grand. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, uh, usually around this time, we take questions. Now, there's only three of them, so we should be able to blow through them pretty quickly. Um, but you never know. Sometimes these questions lead into really good conversations. So I don't know if mm -hmm. Ken, Ken, are you in the background? Uh, I am. There he is. Over comments. We got people out in the backyard picking plums. That's where John's heading. Look at this. We have kids out here picking plums. We got the whole Lies. He kidnapped us. No, we're having a blast. Thanks for like, taking a minute to say hi, guys. You know what? So, so we got kids pick. As like I said, it's be and look, we even get grapes. Don't forget grapes. <laughs> yeah, this is John's backyard, Layton. I've been picking out on on plums and grapes. And, That's awesome. I love I love seeing kids doing dangerous shit. Oh, I know. I know what the best thing about it is. is, is it's not dangerous. Because you know who we were, we were on the ones at the top of the tree when we were kids. I mean, now nowadays they got like these little things to save hey, you. Man, they're using a ladder, man. I mean, that's that's a rare thing, man. Ladders are, are supposed to be, uh, you know, obsolete. We climbed up in the trees and hung out on the branch and hope the branch didn't break. Did you guys ever do tree benching when you were a kid? Tree so what? Yeah, tree benching when you climb up a little sapling on a hill. So the saplings are rolling on the hill, and you climb up to the top of it, and then you get a free ride down. No, I'm crazy. I've, I don't think I've been that crazy yet lately. But I, I, might, I might try that later on, you know. 
Oh, tree bending was a blast. It was always best if you got them in spring, so you know they were nice and springy. You don't yeah. want to do it in the fall when the sap's coming out of it because they will snap. But we learned this the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm glad you're telling me because I would have, yeah, just make sure of that. Yeah, you might want to start in the spring. Right. So actually, the first uh, one is more of a statement, Layton, and Layton changed my life forever a few years back, no joke. Um, something about, I think it was this one here. One time Leighton was doing a live stream years ago and I begged him to give me a virtual hug and he stood up somewhat beleaguerdly and hugged the air on screen. I've been feeling that hug since. I just, just wanted to point that out. Just gave you another one, Patrick. I'm I'm there you go. Come on. Come on. We all give Patrick a hug. You know, the best thing about energy, guys, is is you can actually transfer it anywhere through a screen just by mm -hmm. phone. And when you want to give someone a hug and they want to appreciate the hug, you can give them a hug anywhere in the world. Absolutely. You can really reach out and you can share that heartfelt love that you have for anybody. And it's just simple alignment with yourself. Speaking of that, guys, uh, send Tony uh, a big hug. He wasn't feeling good. His, his uh, stomach was giving him problems. So send him some positive energy, and we send. I'll send him a, a, a big hug. All right. I'll give him one too, brother. Yeah. And then we've got uh, one last thing here. We've got uh, tap that plum tree next year and feed it to your plants. Super Nessa is really into tapping uh, trees for the sap and feeding it back into uh, the soil system. So there's something else that uh, we can look at doing. Well, remember in the fall, that's exactly what the tree does is it pushes its sap out of the branches and down into the ground. So mm -hmm. what he's doing is, is jump, jump starring that process um, for the, for the area or, or taking it to the next level and bringing it in, introducing it to a different garden, different place. So, I mean, this shit would all happen naturally if, if we had the birds and the insects and everything was running at what it should be running at. That would be going on all over the place, all of these interactions. Yeah. So that's it for, for the questions, guys. So you guys carry on. Uh, you got uh, another 20 minutes. All right. Sounds good. So what else did you do when you were in Africa? Oh, I, I went on a beautiful safari. I uh, went through um, Africa was it was really a, just a trip of fulfillment. It was it, Africa was an adventure trip. So the first day, uh, we uh, we went on a little uh, African safari. So we went and take a look at the lions and the zebras. And when I first got there, I, I was I was greeted by giraffes. Uh, I was staying at this. Uh, Livingston uh, Resort, so it's right on the Zambaya River. Literally, I could see Zambaya Falls. It's just amazing. Just beautiful. It was really just connecting with a lot of other like-minded people and being able to really just take in the culture. I got myself a couple, you know, I'm a billionaire now, so I got my my $50 billion notes because Zimbabwe had that trillion dollar notes, you know. Yep. The notes. I now with just as much as Elon Musk just saying, I do have like $220 billion. I should go grab that right now. <laughs> you know what? I'm wearing my water buffalo shirt because it was all about water buffalo. And we were the buffalo billionaires and that was our team. 
And it was beautiful because out of the 20 people we had on our team, we went around, we all stayed together. I had people doing push-ups on the bus over going over the between the four countries. And I got it all on film. We're all doing push-ups on the bus. Nice. I had the whole team doing the push-up challenge. I had people uh, in all of these events. Now I've created a push-up group with our with the tony world and they're all doing push-ups i got ceos doing push-ups it's really it was a motivational trip of being able to just step up for yourself and seeing who you truly were and, and really pushing those limits and seeing how great what we have and then how 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 little that you could have appreciation appreciation just being so grateful for what we have and where we are um, you don't mind if I share? That's why you asked. This was pretty cool. So we went Whitewater River, River rafting down the Zambia River. They picked us up in helicopters over out as we overlooked the uh, Victoria Falls. Like so cool, it's amazing. My phone's somewhere. I'll show you some pictures. We'll do that. And then that night, they got us on a train, and they took the train to the Zimbabwe Zimbabwe border, closed down the border. As we had a train, watched the sunset overlooking Victoria Falls as they played saxophone on the bridge as we danced. Nice. I mean, magic. That's it. Pony creates magic, and they tried doing it ten years ago, and they got held up on the on the thing and, and the border crossing, and they never made it on there. So this time, he made sure they were going to get it. Nice. So. It was a decade. It took him 10 years to come back to do the same trip again to actually see the sunset over Talk of the Falls just for us. It was beautiful. It was really seeing what we can have and how little we can have. Right down to, you know, clothing. This is like, you know, like $100. This is like three bucks. You can't buy this here for this price. It'd be impossible. There, it's just, there's a difference of, of where life is and how... It's be I brought Smarties. I was told bring and I and I was just bombarded by kids giving out Smarties. I became the water guy giving out water. We went to a school, we donated. There was 200 of us. We worked in the school all day. We put in water lines, painted the school, everything, and donated $75,000 through the foundation that we're involved with. It, it that's that's what it was. It was about serving and giving back and being there and and that's the whole thing about being part of these groups is is how much we do for others. And what you do for yourself in order to do for others. And that's what it was all about. It was uh, just beautiful. I appreciate you asking me too, because I, I feel like I'm there with you. You know, it was, it was, it was, it was just, it was really being able to take a look at uh, how great life can truly be and where we really have, how far we've come in life. Wow. You it's know, like I've got a great story to share. Please. So my parents, um, as they were getting older, they didn't travel a lot, but for whatever reason, this couple that they knew convinced them to go on a cruise to Panama. And this was like so off color for my parents that they would actually do something that adventurous, but they did it. And when they got home, um, you know, I, I went up to them and sat down and we were talking. I was like, so what, what did you learn? What did you see? What did you do? And both of them said, so almost simultaneously, the most amazing thing we saw were these incredibly poor people that were so happy. And we couldn't figure out why they were happy. And I'm like, well, that's simple. It's because they aren't owned by possession. They don't need anything. They, they don't want anything. They just, they just want to survive. 
So they're happy because they, they get food or they go pick the food or they grow the food. They grow it. To, to, to money in exchange for food. And so that was really eye-opening for me to see them under that situation where they were pondering, how could poor people be so happy? And they couldn't come up with the answer until, until I explained it to them. But that, after that, from that point on in, in, in our relationship I had with my parents, I was no longer the fuck up. I was no longer the black sheep. I was no longer the conspiracy theorist. And, and on my father's deathbed, he said to me, son, I will never understand why you knew all this shit. Like the Federal Reserve isn't part of the government and all these manipulations that, that I've had to live through in my life financially. Like there was a time he came home really upset and I was like, dad, what, what's the matter? He goes, they commoditized, commoditized oil. And I'm like, oh, so now you got a middleman? And he's like, exactly right. And the middleman sets the price that he pays. Man. He makes money doing nothing. Doing nothing. This is what it is right now. We have a lot of that. That's just how society is. It's what holds the American dream right there in a nutshell. Is everything being commoditized. Instead of the farmer getting the money, the middleman gets it. So the farmer's incentive is to grow more for cheap. Well, guess what that does to the quality of the food? Right? And you know what's so, happened right now? And I, I really believe that where COVID sits right now, that's taken that out because I, I'm not going to say I was a middleman. That's what I did for a decade. I was a distributor. I would grow from, from the manufacturer. I was the guy in the middle that went to the wholesalers that went to the retail. So I, I was I was one of those guys. I'm not going to lie. I was able to connect with people that need to be connected because we were in a part of existence and time where people didn't know where they can get their products to. So you have these people, and it's just going back to days of moving back, selling weed. You know, it's like, who's got the good weed? Well, John knows where to get the good weed because I knew the guy that grew it. <laughs> he didn't I was the guy growing it, so it's like it was even better, right? <laughs> I know the grower. Go home. Here you go. You know, um, don't take it wrong, but there are middlemen that are necessary to represent certain markets. But not them, we wouldn't have what we have. We wouldn't have trade. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have trade. Salesmen, uh, I know guys who make um, the, some of the some of the royalties that they make off of sales are in the millions of dollars. Right, because they connect the right people with the right suit, and you got to find that person for real estate or anything. You're going to trust someone, right? People are like each other because they like each other, and those are the people you're going to buy from. And you know what? There's no greater influence than influence itself because people aren't buying an item from you, they're buying a state, they're buying an influence. You're influencing them, they like you. There's a reason why, unless you're just going to a store and buying something, or you just want that particular car. But most people are buying a house, they're, they're going to buy it because of the salesperson that's selling it to them. And they report that they gone, right? Yeah, yeah. It's state and dues, man. Everything you buy is state and due. So you got your logical reasons to buy, your your uh, emotional reasons to buy, and the Durban reasons not to buy. It's your urbans, lurbans, and durbans. I, as you can hear, I've been studying like crazy. So uh, <laughs> that's what it. comes down. That's what we buy from. That's what we buy emotion. We buy a state. We are state inducers. That's what we do in life. We induce a state to give someone an appreciation of where they truly want to become. Future pacing somebody, what they're going to buy, that great vacuum machine is going to get rid of that dirt. Look what I can show you. Look at how clean it's going to be. You're future pacing somebody. Not look at how lousy this item works. This thing shit. It always breaks. You know, I wouldn't buy it. 
We don't do that. We sell. Hey, look at how awesome this opens up my mail. I can wrap hempic around this. It lights my weed. So don't, you know, like. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. I get excited when we start looking at where we're truly able to do for one another. And when you start coming present with an emotion, with a positive intent, when you're trying to help somebody or help each other, you create this great harmony. It's it's not harmony, but I guess it is a harmony when we sing. Yeah. No, it's definitely harmony. harmony. It's, It's a projection, dude. It's a projection. Like, I don't know how many times in life I've run into a situation and I always was under the belief that I remove myself from the situation so that I don't react and I give myself a chance to respond. And more often than not, when I did that or continue, as I mull over the situation, you know, shortly thereafter that night, whether it's meditation, sleeping, just relaxing. I'm projecting, and more often than not, the day next day comes around, and I'm going to have to go deal with this conflict. And most of the conflict has been resolved. It's not that it fixed itself; it was that I set my intentions. I projected my intentions on how best to handle the situation, and and by doing that. I loosened the gate or, or they let down their defenses enough to, to hear me out or, or to perhaps, you know, be more realistic about what the situation was. But that's a tool that I've been using forever. And I don't think there's a lot of people out there that really understand that that is the best way to do it. Because if you're in a situation and you react, you're going to make it worse. Exactly. You're not, you're not respond. And so whether that reaction is to get into a fight or to run away, either way, it's not going to resolve. It's when no one goes flight, that's what humans do. They fight or they flight, right? Most people think problem is creative, it's permanent, and 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 it's a problem. So we got to look at problems too, and that's where we run from. We run from problems. Mm-hmm. Hit them head on, like you're saying, right? Look, hey, and again, like we said, if you if you deal with the fear. Because there's no such thing as a problem. There's only no. a solution. It's all solutions, right? There Every, are no problems. And life, a problem is what makes us grow. It's the secret sauce, right? Problems make us grow. That's the secret sauce in life, right? Uh, I, would it. Problems. Yes. I would say challenges. I would and say challenges. challenges yeah. you know, I like better challenges what makes us grow. Progress gives us happiness. That's what really gives you true happiness, progress. And yeah. and when you see an animal jump or something like that, it gives you joy, right? I mean, problems are. Yeah, I say problems are there to to force us to puzzle, and by puzzling, I mean like the Rubik's cube. You have to do this to figure it out. You have all these little pieces that you have to put together to make the puzzle, right? Those are really good tools for brain, brain development, brain function, clarity. So those are all good things. So those problems are only there to give us a puzzle. Yeah, a puzzle. To puzzle the solution, to figure out what was what is the best way to solve this problem. <laughs> oh, you're okay. It's okay. You're all fine. 
he just got woken up. That was the you know, a thousand times they try to invent the light bulb, and thousand and one they solved the problem. Yeah, yeah. Right. So you know, all all lessons that I hope the audience will will take away today about you know some of the better ways to really you know lift yourself to to find gratefulness, to find that appreciation, to not want. You just if you don't want anything, you'll be content in life. Yeah. You, you have needs. You got to fill your needs. You still need food. You still need water. You still need shelter. You go get what they need to get what they have to have. Yeah, yeah, and 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 by getting to that place in your own mind, now you're not ever going to be unhappy or dissatisfied with this new thing that you bought that you thought was going to bring you all this joy. Well, maybe it did for a minute or two, but now it's now what is it? Something collecting maybe for a minute or two once you get there, and that's why then you got to move on. That's 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 the progress. That's progress. You you're going to strive like hell to meet the to be the four minute mile. When you got there, it's like they had the whole thing with Armstrong going to the middle. It didn't feel significant anymore. You go. Come. 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 You got to keep forward. You got to keep with You got to keep inventing. You got to keep future producing. And, and he's like, you need to get my voice in here too. Yes. <laughs> All right, folks. No. Quiet. You know, I really appreciate Layton. It's just the uh, just the way you 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 look at life and the way you're able to. What's the best way is is present on how, when, where we're going, and really open up people's minds to really take a look at where we are and where we're becoming, and taking a look at yeah, soil matters, life matters, you matter, and it's really taking a look at where we're going, and wow. how common life, like wow. Everybody at the end of the day, be grateful for the three U's, where you are right now in life, where you are in life, and where you're going in life. That's one of my favorite things. Really be grateful for where you are. And every day and every way we get stronger and stronger. And at the end of every night, I always go to myself a little, great job, John. You did it today. There you go. Give yourself a pat on the back. That's the most thing you can ever do is thank your subconscious. And when you go to sleep, I always go to sleep with breath work. So I wake up fresh in the morning. And I don't have those negative thoughts or anything like that. And and, and future pace your, your night for your day. Log every day. I log at night to tell you what I'm going to do for the day when I get up in the morning. I have a daily ritual, daily time frame. Yep. I do the same thing. I, I plot out the next seven days in my life. And then the night, right after I do that, then I plot out the next day. Because everything that I plotted out last week has changed so many Thanks. times that I can't accomplish what I had plotted, but by setting these goals and targets, milestones is a good way to put them. You're always on the right track. Even if you went a little left or a little right, you're still going back toward where your, your goals were. And so and those little milestones are, are your party time, man. Hey, I made it. I'm making compost in peach hill soils. I made it. The little like, check marks at the end of the day. Isn't it nice to do a little check mark? I got that one yeah. done. It's like, yeah. Yeah. And I need to give a shout out to, to Eric Warblowski and uh, Ron uh, from Rincon Vitova uh, Insectuaries, uh, who actually came out to Peach Hill today to visit me, uh, to see, the, what, see what I'm working on out there and, and talk about moving that needle further and getting more and more people what we call biocomplete, bioavailable compost you know and that's that's that really is at the end of the day 
a game changer because if you have those biocomplete composts, now whatever you put them on, you're going to get a better expression of the food that comes out of it. And out here in California, this is all food production around me. I mean, it's, it's, it's mind-blowing how much produce is produced. And I don't care if you drive up the coast, down the coast, inland, it's all production. And, and this is where America's, you know, breadbasket essentially is. And so if we can move that needle using insects instead of pesticides, using biocomplete compost instead of fertilizer, bring the fertility of the soil back into health by releasing the necromass that exists there that would will biomimic, you know, come back to life. Um, if given the opportunity and, and stop spraying all that shit, it will come back. So, you know, that's, that again is the, is like the, that's like when I give something and I get way more back, you know, whether it's a hug or, or a thank you, or you changed my way of looking, or you helped me understand this. Those are all fucking like gold bars to me. Those, those will keep my spirit happy. You know, that's, that's where it's at, brother, at least in my mind. Oh, you're muted. I said, I just had my friend walk by. He's got three kids outside. They're looking at the Argo, and that was that was the joy. Ah, amen, brother. Um, I love that. The, the young minds that are shaping the world for today, you know, we get to actually educate and actually help help shape them, help give them yeah. just a little bit of a, a, of a, a direction, just, just a voice, you know, hey, you know what, this might work for you. As I'm getting ready to do my push-ups right now, because my alarm's going to go off pretty soon, right? <laughs> well, I think we'll call the show there, John, so that you can be uh, uh, get your push-ups done. Then you can go talk with Sterling and the kids. Guys, uh, Wednesday, um, myself and Andy. Thursday, um, we have Luna. I'm not sure I'm the guest. She's going to be letting me know. So, And then, of course, uh, next Monday, we have uh, John and I and then Tony in the morning and Leighton. And I don't think Ab's going to be back for another couple of weeks. But uh, absolutely. What's that, John? That's sweet. I get to talk to you next week. <laughs> well, if if you come on for a double header, or Leighton comes on the OG's Power Hour. <coughs> sweet. We'll figure cool. it out. Yeah, we'll I figure it out. We can talk all day. I appreciate you so much, my man. Love you, brother. Appreciate you too, brother. Big time. And Ken, as always, thank you so much for all the hard work that you put on behind the scenes too. Get the word out about this podcast. Help other people, and provide great content that's that's very valuable to the to the audience. So thank you. Well, thank you, you guys. Love and respect. Much love, guys. That's, and with that, I'm going to hit the ad broadcast button, guys. So Appreciate all go. you. Guys. Peace out.